made on Zencaster. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Stank, Stank, Stank. Genius billionaire playboy. You Stank, you Stank. I am Iron Man. Hello and welcome once again to Stark or Stank. My name is Aaron and I'm here with Josh. Hello, everyone out there. There's at least a couple of you. There's at least a couple. We have numbers to back that up. <laughs> yes. We've just hit 700 plays on Which the podcast. Pretty pretty good considering what we have 20 episodes. Is this the yeah. 20th? This is the 20th episode of Stark or Stank. This week we are talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Which is wild because, like, we just came off Infinity War and do you remember what your, like, <clears throat> thoughts were coming out of Infinity War and thinking, man, I can't believe there's two movies before Endgame. Um, <clears throat> well, I don't know when... So, uh, this, is a, this is an interesting thing to remember, is that this movie um, knocked Captain Marvel from its original release date. Um... Uh, Captain Marvel was supposed to come out July 6th, 2018. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, no, we're going to put Ant-Man there. And Captain Marvel is going to come out on the 7th of March, 2019, which was a month before Endgame. Right. Um, so I mean, I don't considering, know when the that considering the post-credits of Infinity War, it makes sense that they thought Captain Marvel was going to be the next one because right. you know, the, the little pager. But uh, yeah, no, Ant-Man, not necessarily the thing you want to put directly after your big climax but i think uh, i think it's a good it, it broke it up uh, you know after like the end game heaviness. ends very very suddenly and very painfully <laughs> yes after the the uh the dire ending of infinity war it was it was nice to just have an ant-man movie <laughs> yeah dire and dour let's break that up with the funny bug man yeah <laughs> Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. Not a bad choice, but like on paper, it's like, what? Are you sure? You're doing the yeah. bug guy. It's a weird choice. But not the Spider-Man, um, the bug guy. <laughs> right. Uh, as you said, this was the 20th film to be released by Marvel Studios. Uh, Peyton Reed promised Michael Douglas that he wouldn't just be a walking exposition machine this time around, which uh, he's still pretty exposition-y, but... But he also gets to bully people. <laughs> he does bully people and he does get to do stuff. Yep. It's gets to wear a suit. Uh, the villain like of this movie. Suit. No, no, no. The Well, he does. He Well, we can talk about that suit later. But um, <clears throat> uh, the, the big villain of this movie, big in quotes, uh, uh, is Ghost, mm -hmm. who uh, was never an Ant-Man villain <laughs> no, until this um, movie. Also, at least as far as I'm aware, never a woman, but, you know, some changes Correct. are for the best. Uh, Ant-Man, uh, sorry, Ghost was originally uh, an Iron Man villain and uh, a male. Yeah, because, like, the whole thing with Ghost in the comics, if I'm remembering my uh, Thunderbolts lore correctly, is that mm -hmm. Ghost is a weird, um, he's a hacker, he's yep. so like an inside trader he steals company secrets and sells them to the highest bidder he's also like a weird conspiracy theorist who doesn't bathe 
He's he's absolutely the kind of villain that Tony Stark would have. He'd be way into crypto right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, we get uh, lots of uh, de aging in this movie again. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas. Yep. Get some youngification. There is also an interesting scene with Lawrence Fishburne de aged. Yep. Um, but, uh, Lawrence Fishburne wasn't actually in the scene. Uh, what? (laughs) The, the character in that scene was played by his son, Langston Fishburne. And then they put his young dad's, young dad's face on him. (laughs) That's some fucked up phrasing right there. I hate that. (laughs) Yeah. We just need you to weigh your dad's face for a bit. (laughs) Digitally, of course. Yes, of course. Of course. Uh, yeah, we don't have a sliced up. Young Lawrence Fishburne. No, we can't, anyway. can't afford yeah, that. When you said an interesting scene with Lawrence Fishburne, I was uh, not sure where that was going because, like, the de aging in this movie and the last Ant Man have been mm-hmm. some of the best in the Ant Man in the MCU. I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't look at that Lawrence Fishburne scene <clears throat> and tell you what was different about it. Oh, okay. Something, something felt different. He definitely. He's definitely younger. Yeah. 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 Like, it, it wasn't just, we just slapped some digital paint over Lawrence's face and... <laughs> no. No, it's like, that's actually a different person. Wild. Well, I don't know how much of his actual face they used. It is it is definitely Lawrence Fishburne's face. Anyway. Well, yeah, but it's like, that's a different person in the scene. Um, I'm just this looking at the sh- picture of Langston Fishburne and, like, he, he looks significantly different to Lawrence, mm. so... Like that's that's some really good tech. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, so, as we always do, we will now talk about the plot. I just mentioned to Josh. Josh, <laughs> I can't say name. words today. Um, <laughs> that uh, this is probably going to be the shortest episode because this isn't a very long synopsis plot thing. And I can't wait for I can't wait to finish this past midnight somehow. <laughs> I was actually, so I was thinking about this being the shortest episode and I was looking at how long all of our episodes have been up until now. Mm -hmm. This being our 20th episode, let's celebrate with a little game I like to call, which episode do you think has been our shortest so far? Ooh, which has been the shortest? Well, it couldn't be one that was really bad, so it can't be Iron Man 2 or Thor The Dark World because we have a lot of shit to talk about those movies. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to say that the shortest one is um, Ant-Man. Incorrect. Damn. Our shortest episode was our first episode, Iron Man. Have we just gradually trended longer and longer? (laughs) Uh, It does seem that way, yes. Uh, Kind of. Uh, There's been like a couple of like negative spikes where we're just like a little bit shorter on this one, but generally yeah. trending higher. <laughs> uh, Iron Man came in at an hour 40. Do you uh, know? Okay. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty reasonable. Do you want to guess which has been our longest episode? I mean, I, the easy money is infinity war, but that's not correct. Is it? Nope. Uh, hmm. Could it have been age of <clears> Ultron? <throat> You are correct. Age of Ultron came in at two hours and 52 minutes. 
That's a lot of waffling about that movie. Which is almost 10 minutes longer than the Infinity War episode. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. We had a lot to say about that movie. Yeah. Good and bad. Good and bad. Uh, yeah. Look, but, uh, discussion is the main crux of this podcast. Uh, the thing I was A lot of most podcasts, worried- I would say. Well, yeah, most- <laughs> um, the thing I was most worried about with this particular series was that we were going to get into these movies and because we both generally like them, we were just going to have nothing interesting to say. Well, not even <laughs> nothing interesting, just nothing to say. Mm-hmm. So that's a pleasant surprise that these are generally trending longer, but we should probably cut that shit out. <laughs> I'm going to say, this is probably going to be one of those episodes where we have not a whole lot of interesting to say. I don't know. We'll see Woo. how we go. Uh, but... What, firstly, do you like this movie or not? Uh, right off the cuff, yes, I do like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Originally, I thought I liked it more <clears> than <throat> the first one. Mm-hmm. Upon reflection, that maybe might have changed. I'm still kind of tossing it up. I enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fun time. I think there's really inventive action scenes. There's a lot of neat like set pieces and stuff, yes. It has problems also. It also has problems. All right, here we go. The plot of Ant-Man and the Wasp coming from a website we're not even going to talk about. Unrelated, fuckfandom.com. In 1987, Janet Van Dyne shrinks between the molecules of a Soviet nuclear missile, disabling it but permanently entering the microscopic quantum realm. Hank Pym raises his daughter Hope, believing that Janet is dead. In the present day, Scott Lang spends time with his daughter Cassie, although he was arrested and imprisoned for helping Captain America during a skirmish between the Avengers in violation of the Sokovia Accords. Lang took a plea bargain and was allowed to return to the USA. Lang was sentenced to two years under house arrest with a 20-year minimum prison sentence waiting if he leaves his home during his sentence or defies the Sokovia Accords again. (laughs) Don't defy Uh, the Sokovia Accords again. (laughs) Do not defy them. As Pym and Hope had provided Lang with the technology he used against the Avengers, the United Nations ruled them to have also breached the Accords. A warrant for their arrest was issued, forcing the two to go on the run while severing all contact with Lane. Yep, that's uh, that is a very that is succinct the beginning of this movie. summary of how this movie starts. Um, Do we really need the recap here at the beginning? I mean, we don't, but you never know with people. Some people just go into movies that are sequels to things and just expect to get who all the information. Is coming in? That. Who is coming in? To the MCU going, hmm, yes, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the sequel to the first Ant-Man. This is the okay. one I, I will see first. So here's the thing, though, right? Like, Ant-Man, that's clearly like a standalone movie. Ant-Man and the Wasp, that could just be like a completely standalone movie. I don't see no two on there. It's not Ant-Man colon the Wasp. <laughs> it could just be a, a brand new start, a fresh, let's just go oh, into yes, this and like, get all the information in there. Like Avengers Age of Ultron. No, that's a sequel to the at least the first Avengers. How do you know? Because it's got a colon in the subtitle. No. <laughs> it's just Avengers Age of Ultron. No, I don't see look, no colon. Look, I'm. what I'm saying is the people are dumb. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. 
And you're right, we don't really need the uh, flashback to Janet specifically doing the Wasp thing and going subatomic. We saw it already. Yeah, exactly. We did see that exact scene in the first movie. But I don't mind the little flashbacky stuff to her final goodbye to Hope. Mm. That, yes. That's all nice. And, yeah, uh, I like the... Setting the stakes, I guess, or setting yeah. up our primary uh, plot point. Yes. I like the the stuff we haven't seen already is is good. And then, yeah, I don't know. You didn't really need to show the exact well, same thing that was in the last movie. Yeah, it just seems like we're just padding for runtime at that point. And I don't think this movie needs to. No. <laughs> it kind of has a lot going on. But while we are talking about those uh, that reused footage, I do like the classic Ant-Man suit. And I really like the classic Wasp suit just being the Ant-Man suit with wings. Yes. Mm-hmm. it's They're cute. Cute matching yeah. outfits. Good stuff. Uh, good de-aging again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas gets like a gnarly scar along his jawline. He does, yeah. Um, um, and he and looks then... real awkward when he's like, well, your mum's not coming home. Did <laughs> yeah, someone right. say ice cream? <laughs> uh, and then we get the, the Marvel logo and then... Um, we get this little uh, reintroduction to Scott and his daughter having fun in a maze. Yeah, you get this little, like, heist fake-out thing. Yeah. Where it's played up to be, like, Scott's on, on the job, but he's actually <laughs> just doing a make-believe heist with his daughter, and it's very cute. Yeah, it's uh, it's very good. And uh, Luis is uh, <laughs> just running around, like... Moving the fake ants and while he works, yeah, while he works, <laughs> like he's doing the actual job that Scott <clears throat> probably should be doing, <laughs> right? Um, some highlights from the make believe heist, uh, mm-hmm. is we well, we've got the low budget antimatronic, yeah, uh, and the giant paper plate eye, the uh, <laughs> yeah, the lens, put your contact in or whatever, and that's just <laughs> the contact paper just plate just over her face. Paper plate. And it's got a big, <laughs> gross, veiny eye. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, and that slide is fucking amazing. Um, mm-hmm. The slide that is, is good. That is really, really great. Scott Lang's a great dad. He is. Yeah. Turns uh, out... And also a great, really great grandma. Yes, the world's greatest grandma or something. Yep. Very good. Uh, and Luis, uh, although he talks a lot, not great with words. Um, do you <laughs> land the bird or do you land a fish? Because it's like a plane, right? You land a bird, right? But you you can land you land a fish if you ca- catch it and then put it pull it on land. How are you gonna land a fish? It doesn't have feet. What's it gonna land on? I mean, anyway, um, it's all very good, and uh, I enjoy this little introduction, reintroduction. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't spend it spends less time on it than we have. <laughs> right? Yeah. Lang spends the next two years keeping himself busy in various ways, including learning close-up magic. He also sets up a security company with his friends, Luis, Dave, and Kurt Goreshta. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to have to cut you off there. Are we to believe that this bit with Cassie and the make-believe heist is, like, before a time jump? I, I just assumed so. the rest of this movie happened no. immediately after, but the way that this it synopsis is <laughs> right, framing yeah. it is very strange. Yeah, no. It's, it's very... Yeah, no. There's no time jump. 
Good job, website. Just, yeah. What a dumb fucking website. Uh, sets up a security company with his friends Luis, Dave, and Kurt Goreshta to earn an honest income. With just three days left until his release from house arrest, Lang has a dream where he relives one of Janet's memories of when Hope was a child. Despite not wanting to jeopardize his release, Lang contacts Pim on a phone he'd hidden away and leaves a voicemail about the dream before deciding he sounds like an idiot, going on to apologize for all the trouble he landed on them. Lang smashes the phone. All right, so <clears throat> we've... This has skipped over all the... Um, wait, has he skipped over the... It, it's It kind of has... Basically, like, during the slide part... Scott mm. gets his ankle, like his house arrest anklet yes. outside the property, and that calls the FBI in with Jimmy Woo. Um, and that's all covered in the synopsis as Scott Lang is serving his house arrest sentence. Right. And that's it. Uh, I feel like two also years house arrest. Yeah, close up magic. I feel like two years of house arrest is pretty, like, getting off pretty light for. Like, would it be. <laughs> I don't. What do you even class that? Like, <laughs> it's know. definitely some high level vandalism. He blows up a truck, right? And uh, and I'm pretty sure he like kicks a fucking plane. Mm-hmm. Like he does, Giant yeah. Man does a lot of damage in Germany. <laughs> uh, as Jimmy Woo put, it, he uh-huh. went to Germany and drew on the walls with Captain America. But he's he's trying to help. He's trying to be a good guy. Two ads, two two years. That's what we get. Um, but dude, I might need to get myself house arrested. Looks like a fucking great time. It what. does, doesn't it? <laughs> I wish I was under house arrest. Just play some drums, sing some karaoke to myself. <laughs> yep. And then just, you know, hang out with your kids. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Woo is a weird fucking pool, man. Mm-hmm. I never expected to see Jimmy Woo in a fucking Marvel movie. And for those who don't know, Jimmy Woo is in the comics. It's... Uh, Jimmy Woo has a long history in the comics. The original character dates all the way back to the Yellow Claw in 1957. Highly racist. A short-lived series, only four issues, featuring a Fu Manchu-type character as the titular villain and a Chinese-American lead in FBI agent Jimmy Woo, who would later return as a high-ranking S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and eventual team member in the not-quite-as-short-lived Agents of Atlas. Yeah, Atlas. Um, Atlas <laughs> is fucking weird, man. They're like... Mm. They're not S.H.I.E.L.D., they're way more esoteric. I think Namora is part of it. Okay. Uh, and so is the goddess Persephone, I think. And also Gorilla Man. <laughs> yeah. Who's, whose powers are literally that he is a Gorilla Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's right there on the box. Okay. Yeah, he's really... A, he's just... He, he uses a gun. Yep. Dresses like an old-timey adventurer. <laughs> but he is a Gorilla Man. <laughs> Where's my Gorilla Man movie? I'd take Gorilla Man over Jimmy I mean, we're, we're running out of characters any yeah, day like, any day now. <laughs> I can't wait. But no, Jimmy Woo's a weird pull, but it is... I, I like his, like, so lame he's kind of likable portrayal yeah. here. Jimmy Woo's great. I 100% believe that that man is a youth pastor in his off time. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we get the close-up magic. Uh, Paul Rudd really did learn close-up magic for this movie. I was going to say, I watched the gag reel for this, and like he does the trick. Yeah. There's no CGI there. He's doing the trick. 
He said, uh, I really did learn some of the magic. I haven't really kept it up. But then again, trying to learn to be really good at magic in a short amount of time is like trying to learn violin in a short amount of time. I mean, it's like trying to learn anything in a short amount of time. Though I feel like learning violin and learning magic tricks is a bit of a golf in difficulty there. Magic's way nah. harder. Well, maybe. I don't know. But it, like, if this Ant-Man shit falls through, Scott can totally just take a crack at Sorcerer Supreme, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's qualified. That's all it is. He just did some fucking <laughs> card tricks. He card tricks. Dormammu shows up. He's like, where'd the card go? <laughs> Oh man, this is Holy blowing shit. my mind. Back What's to the that behind your ear, me. Dormammu? Oh, is that a coin? Ooh. I don't have ears. <laughs> Where did I get this from then? Oh god. Uh, I wish I could draw on walls with Captain America. Yeah, my favorite thing about that explanation of the Sokovia Accords is that he does that really like kid-friendly explanation followed by all like the legislation and doctorates and shit mm-hmm. <laughs> just like uh yeah and then it uh it violated this part of the sokovia accords this article and this and this and cassie's looking at him like jeez, right, <laughs> i fucking regret asking all <laughs> <laughs> oh, right um <sighs> Oh, yeah. Dreaming, dreaming that you are your ex's presumably dead mother while she's a ki- while the ex is a kid, uh, probably calls for therapy. Yeah, maybe. It's definitely weird. Oh, it's weird for sure. It gets weirder later. <laughs> you know what? That's <laughs> correct. It does. <laughs> a thing that I forgot about while I watched the movie and also uh-huh. right now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember until it happened. <laughs> so I was like, oh fuck, right. That's so fucking weird. Anyway. (laughs) That night, as Lang relaxes, he notices something buzzing nearby before suddenly, before being suddenly knocked out. When he wakes up, Lang finds he has been kidnapped by Hope, who left an enlarged ant as a decoy to avoid suspicion from FBI agent Jimmy Woo. Hope is upset. (laughs) Hope is upset with Lang for using the Ant-Man suit and helping Captain America without telling her, as well as forcing her and her father into hiding. She tells Scott that his dream coincided with Pym briefly opening a quantum tunnel. Seeing the message as confirmation that Janet is alive, Pym and Hope work in their new lab, which Pym can shrink whenever they need to move to create a stable tunnel with the intention that Hope will take a vehicle into the quantum realm and retrieve Janet. Lang reunites with Pym, but he's also very bitter towards Scott for his actions. However, Pym sets his grudge aside as he and Hope decide Lang is their only hope of locating Janet's coordinates in the quantum realm. Uh, Paul Rudd passes out good. <laughs> he does. Real like droopy, loose passing out. It's very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, love the uh, tiny car sight gag reveal. Mm. The little Jurassic Park with pigeons. Yes, I love that. Um, Scott at some point mentions um, wearing a hat and sunglasses. Oh yeah, when they're saying... at the uh, the university later. Right. Okay. So this is okay. Well, I guess we can get to that later. Okay, um, I forgot. I forgot where that was in the movie. It's it's funny that uh, they replace him in the house with a giant ant, and Louise is just like mm-hmm. Scotty. <laughs> he just turned <laughs> is into this the final an part of being Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, you didn't tell me about these powers. Small car, big ant, both fun. Um. What's a tall dresser? 
Uh, what's a dresser? <laughs> like a wardrobe, apparently. <laughs> that was such a weird thing. Like, it's it's funny, but it is more weird than it is funny to me. <laughs> like, okay. Doesn't know what a wardrobe is. <laughs> How do you not know what a wardrobe is, my guy? <laughs> I personally like that he's still starstruck by Captain America. Mm-hmm. Like, every time he gets to talk about how he teamed up with him, he's, like, geeking out a bit. It's yep. very good. And then people make fun of him, which is the right thing to do. No, oh, of course. It he is morally on, correct to make fun of him. He thinks he's on Captain America's level. Oh, yeah. He's, we're friends. We're buddies, me and Cap. Yeah. <laughs> we can call him Cap because we're friends. Not that yeah, I'm friends exactly. with Cap, but I mean, I kind of. Yes. All very good and fun. Uh, I very much enjoyed the. Uh, we, we we think you quant- you you were quantum entangled with Janet. He's like, I would never do that with your wife. I respect you too much. <laughs> so many dumb throwaway lines that I forgot about that are just they're very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hope sucks at hide and seek. Yeah, just stop picking the same dresser. place, idiot. Always a tall dresser. Love uh, Scott coming away with the entirely wrong point. It just seems like you didn't understand how to play. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very well-delivered line, too. Yeah, it's just like off to the side, kind of mumbled and yeah. very quick. Like, if yeah. you're not paying attention, you could easily miss it. <laughs> uh, Hope arranges to buy a part needed for the tunnel from the black market dealer, Sonny Birch. However, Birch has realized the potential profit that can be earned from Pim and Hope's research and double crosses them. Hope then reveals she has a shrinking suit of her own, one which can fly and has blasters and uses it to fight Birch and his men off and retrieve the part. Before Hope can leave, however, she's attacked by a quantumly unstable masked woman referred to as the ghost. Lang tries to help fight off the ghost with a prototype suit and they keep hold of the part, but ghost escapes with Pim's portable lab. So, uh, before Hope goes to the trade-off, uh, mm-hmm. yet Hank's Hot Wheels box, which is yes. fun, a recurring Very thing good. that comes up. And it's like, of course, if you have the technology to shrink down vehicles, you're just going to keep your entire garage with you. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Why would you not? You, take, you keep they... a fucking tank on your keyring. Yeah. I love how they play with scale in this movie. Lots of shrinking and blowing up and uh, uh, they shrink the building and it's it's got a ha- handle and... Wheels. Oh, it's very good. Where are the wheels when it's big? I don't know. I thought about that too. <laughs> I just, just don't think about it. To me. Uh, At no point during this film did it occur to me that you never see the wheels until it's small. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, they shrink the, the building. They blow up the van. Um, yeah, it's all a lot of fun stuff. Um, the lab is portable, portable and therefore can't be connected to a main power grid. Since they needed portable energy, you can see in the background that they used enlarged Duracell batteries to power the lab. There is a lot of uh, enlarged stuff in that building. Yes, it's there is. very cool. Very, I, I like that, that someone actually thought about that. Mm-hmm. And someone also thought that really giant batteries was the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm no scientist. I don't know if size works that way on batteries i have to assume that it does right sure big battery means big power 
any anything can work any way it wants to in Marvel Land. Pin particles are fucking wild, man. They sure are. Um, Walton Goggins is a fun guy. Yeah, Sunny like Birch. Um, I've actually got that's pretty much my note here. Is Walton Goggins is always fun. Yeah. Um, the the character of Sunny Birch is fun. There is a lot going on. And I feel like this movie's antagonists get lost in it a lot. Yes. Uh, this um, will come up multiple times, I'm sure. <laughs> One of the movie's writers has stated that he believes Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin, to be Sonny Birch's employer. Uh, shit, I'm into it. <laughs> Sames. One day. Like, fucking why not? Let's get us another Green Goblin. Yeah, and he we can haven't had just an- be on haven't screen had enough and make already. memes. Love memes. Memes are great. Yeah. Um, there's just weird editing, and there's there's weird moments of editing in this movie. This is one of them where Hope's inside the building, mm-hmm. and um, Lang and um, Pim are out in the van. Yeah. What What are they? What are they? Are they watching? something on screen or are they just hearing um well the implication seems to be that they're watching something because the camera is like opposite them right like as if it's looking out of a monitor that they're looking at or just above a monitor but uh i don't know what they would be watching hope puts a suit on Uh uh-huh she's really tall really small really tiny Mm -hmm. and Scott from the van says, hold on, you gave her wings? I mean, okay. can't fucking see her. Here's how I'm going to justify this, and you can tell me if you buy it. I love love how you try and justify this stuff. (laughs) So, I mean, it's it's Hank Pym, right? What's he going to use to spy on people? Fucking ants. He's got ants in there with cameras, tiny cameras. So obviously, you're going to be able to see uh, Hope with her little wingsuit All right. from an ant cam. There we go. In the ant van. Love it. Love it. Yeah, fantastic. Hand, handy ants with their cameras. Camera ants. <laughs> I like the idea of an ant with a handy cam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that wasp kicks ass. This uh, this action scene is really fun running on the giant knife and yeah. throwing the giant um salt shaker um yeah and it's it. interacting with kitchen shit while she's small and like kicking pots yeah. and shit up always yeah. fun it's a it's a really fun scene I, I i like a lot of the action scenes in this movie um i think it, i think they're really um fun and interesting yeah i I think it has that uh, benefit that the first Ant-Man movie had where because a lot of it is playing with like scale in a way, yep. you don't often see all members of the combat at all times because one of them's usually really small. Right. You get to do some weird shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to have people just flipping all over the place and you don't necessarily have to show what that other person did to make that happen. Right. Um, but, you know, you get it because they're super small but still very strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's then, all very entertaining. And then we have Ghost comes in. Now, I like a lot about Ghost. Mm-hmm. I love the suit. I think it looks yes. fantastic. 
Yeah. I like the uh, phasing effects, specifically mm. when she's like unstable and you see multiple like echoes of herself move independently. Yeah. I like that stuff a lot. Uh, she also German suplexes Hope through a table by... <laughs> so what she does is she she does like the wraparound and lifts like mm-hmm. you would with a normal German, you know, behind the back suplex. Yeah. And then she phases through a table, but Hope doesn't. Right. <laughs> and it's so fucking cool. It's really good. Um, yeah, I like Ghost as an idea, <laughs> as a premise. Yes. Execution in this movie, I'm not hugely fond of. Like, how, how do you? F- well, I guess we can talk about the actress later because you don't. Oh, really get a I, sense I think of she's fine. I think she does okay with what she's given. Yeah. But, um, okay. Well, we're kind of on the same page on that one then. I think. Yeah. Um. um so about ghosts, uh, like uh, I, we alluded to earlier, ghosts is male in the original comics and part of Iron Man's rogue rogues gallery, never actually crossing paths with Ant Man. Um. In the comics, his powers also come from his suit rather than the quantum realm. He eventually becomes an anti-hero after joining a team of superhumans called the Thunderbolts. It is worth noting that I'm pretty <clears throat> sure an Ant-Man, not mm-hmm. necessarily uh, the Hank Pym Ant-Man, but yeah. an Ant-Man, it might actually be Scott Lang, uh, does cross paths with Ghost in the Thunderbolts while Ant-Man is on that team. Okay. Uh, Ghost's costume in this movie is based on the character's modern design from Thunderbolts, but still incorporates the hood that was part of the original outfit back in the 80s. Incidentally, the final look bears more than a passing resemblance to the Hunter class in Bungie's hit video games, Destiny 1 and 2. It really fucking does! (laughs) It really does, yeah. I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm glad you did. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that being like a mashup of the classic and modern designs it works really well i think that looks super good uh i was yeah. wrong it is not scott lang it is eric o'grady oh, okay. uh, who is the third ant-man the one who's just a straight-up criminal all the time <laughs> About the time. one who the one who pervs on uh yelena belova in the shower oh well there you go um yeah. <laughs> we could just you know, he, he is he is no he is the one who's like i'm gonna use these shrinking powers for the obvious shit being oh, a right. fucking menace. <laughs> and a perv, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all rolled into the menace uh, Absolutely. header, I think. For sure. Um, That trachea grab is fucking hardcore. I know we're not up oh, to yeah, it yet, yeah, but yeah, god yeah. damn. Putting, the, putting your arm through his neck. It is <laughs> fucked up whenever that happens in anything. Like, we're not going to yeah. talk about x-men origins wolverine at any point in this because we are not ranking the x-men movies absolutely not but that is the coolest and most raw shit to happen in that movie (laughs) Mm, that is yeah um yeah that's that's that that is what happened that is that you try to find (laughs) announces that he can get some help that he can get them some help Pim argues with Lang, but eventually agrees to meet with ex-con security consultants. After talking, they decide to ask Pim's former partner, Bill Foster, to for help in locating the lab. They go to University of California, Berkeley, to meet with the professor. He argues with his former partner about their differences that eventually led to them splitting up. Meanwhile, Wu gets a lead on Pim and arrives at the college. Foster tells them that if they modify the diffraction units on one of their regulators, they can maybe locate the lab. They thank him and quickly leave before Wu meets with Foster, who tells them he hasn't talked to Pim in years. In the van, an annoyed Pim says that he got rid of the regulators with the new suit. 
Lang realizes that he still has his old suit that does have a regulator. They call Luis, who tells them that the trophy it is being kept in isn't at the house. Lang remembers that Cassie Lang took it to school that day for show and tell. Ant-Man and the Wasp break into the school and grab the suit. However, Ant-Man's prototype suit glitches, causing him to unwillingly change size. They escape before it gets worse. Uh, the ex-con guys are so great. Ex-con Always. is a great name for their business. It really is. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, um, man. Yeah, those guys are, are brilliant. Uh, always really love funny. their interactions with uh, with Hank. and <laughs> Yeah, Hope. the guy who's just so sick of their shit. Yeah. Um, that we get uh, this line. You know Bobby Yaga? <laughs> you know Bobby I like Yaga? that he, he looks at the oldest man in the room. But you must know Bobby <laughs> Yaga. <laughs> you know Bobby around, Yaga. Around her age bracket. Uh, I like the line, oatmeal is insult, tastes like sand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the little, like, dumb banter about wasting money on the undercarriage wash and mm-hmm. why they're buying the expensive pastries is very silly, and I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah, Scott's this priorities whole scene is his fucking great. desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the smallest desk. You found, he wasn't, you found he it wasn't in the there. trash. <laughs> he wasn't there the day they picked out desks. <laughs> And then, like, very smoothly directing it back on track to we need to find the lab. Mm-hmm. Very smooth. And no one noticed that he was mad about the desk. <laughs> um, this is about where I dis- discovered this movie is so bland looking. It's very greenish gray. It's not very uh, stylistically interesting to look at. It's just kind of there. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't picked up on it until you said something then, and I'm just, like, thinking back to specific scenes now. I'm like, yeah, I can think of Scott in his bathrobe in front of the giant building before he gets shrunk down. like, yeah, it's kind of greenish-gray, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, there's nothing that sticks out to me, but I also don't think it looks... Like, it doesn't look bad, it just looks uninteresting. Yeah, it's just kind of... There's nothing noteworthy about its visual... Um, yeah. I like that we get uh, Lawrence Fishburne. He's great. Yeah, I kind of. In this movie, doesn't get. I to would do like much. more. Yeah, exactly. I would like more. Uh, can we get him in Thunderbolts? I mean, Ghost is there, so yeah. So can we? Can we? Get Why not? Him? I just want to see him be Goliath. That would be fucking cool. Hell yeah! Or like, we probably don't need to use the name Black Goliath, but I mean that also works. But Goliath is good. Let's just go with Goliath. Yeah, I mean, there's you know. Hank was Goliath for a while. Yeah. Oh, look, everyone's been Ant-Man and Giant-Man at least once. Fucking yeah. Hawkeye was Giant-Man for a bit. <laughs> right. Um, I, love <laughs> I that- like the implication that Hank Pym just doesn't play nice with others because when someone uh, brings up that, you know, there was a falling out between uh, Foster and Pym, mm-hmm. two two characters just kind of share a side. I like, well, no shit, obviously. Have you seen this old <laughs> right. grumpy motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. I love that Scott's just kind of in the middle of everything in this movie. He like he uses a suit he doesn't know anything about, and he has dreams he doesn't understand. And I mean, he's not even supposed to be here. He's supposed to be on house arrest. And <laughs> it's just he, like, he literally uses a line that's just like, "Do you guys just put quantum in front of everything?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, I think they kind pretty of pretty much, do. yeah. But he's very much uh, the everyman. The uh, audience insert to these he wild is, and yeah. fantastical science fiction adventures. Yeah. All right. Put Paul Rudd in Mortal Kombat 2. 
way inter- more interesting than that other guy from that first movie. Oh, God. You were talking about the movie. I'm like, the video game Mortal Kombat <laughs> no, 2? The, the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'd, I'd watch that. Hell yeah. Um, um, <laughs> so this is where we get the hats and shades as a disguise. Yes. So, uh, uh, where is where's the trivia? Please tell me this is all just because uh, Michael Scott Douglas Grumbles. was having like a really bad hangover and he just wanted to wear shades. Scott Grumbles that just wearing a hat and sunglasses do not, does not conceal your identity. This has been a running joke among fans since several MCU characters have used this technique, including Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, Winter Soldier, Scarlet Witch, Nick Fury, and Falcon. Um, when did Thor use it? In... He uses a scarf in Ragnarok. Uh, he does. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I, I believe I mean, he I'm refers just... <laughs> to himself as the mysterious gypsy. I'm just reading trivia. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, he also wears just normal people clothes, but it's not like he's trying to hide right. uh, when he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, he also wears just, like, normal ass clothes and a fake ID. <laughs> right. Thor's not good at blending in. No, when you not. look like that, you don't get to. But yes, 100% no, exactly. with Tony and uh, Steve. Yes, yes, they have done this and it, it's not a good disguise. This guy. So <laughs> no. much so that like literally the first person who knows these people mm-hmm. spots Hank and she's like, all right, time to cut my fucking class short, I guess. <laughs> Piss off, kids. Screw your education. Yeah. They, so they the talk sun- about- I've got, I've got the note. The sunglasses do nothing. <laughs> Um, after their meeting with uh, Larry Fishburne, uh, they go out into the, uh, the van and they're driving around and they're talking about the, the suit and Scott brings up the old suit mm-hmm. and uh, that he still has it and he sent it through the mail and then we get <laughs> the greatest... This is this is my new favourite... I'm already laughing, God damn it. This is my new favourite line reading... In the MCU. Well, actually, there's another one a bit later that's also really good. But this is up there. Here we go. You sent my suit to the mayor? <laughs> to the mayor? <laughs> the way he just kind of loses the plot at the end is very yeah. good. It's, uh, it feels authentic. It feels it real. Does. It really does. But, like, that is a good example of something I think this movie does fairly well. It does mm-hmm. a lot of good setup and payoff. Yeah. The, the setup for this, obviously, being that... Uh, Scott tells Hank earlier on that he did destroy the suit after Germany because mm-hmm. he didn't want it falling into anyone's hands. And then right. Hank freaks out. Then he's like, I can't believe you destroyed my suit. It's my <laughs> life's work. Yeah. And then it comes back here and he's like, you sent my suit through the mail. <laughs> you sent my suit through the mail. Through the mail. It's very good. Um, in in between all of the science talk in uh, Bill Foster's lab, we get... Uh, Lang and Foster comparing sizes. Right, amazing. Yes. I yeah. love how they're just both really into it. They're like, how big did you get? Yeah. I got this big. How big did you get? <laughs> right. They're just talking shop. Yeah, that's good. Um, this is all fun. And then we get a really good fun sequence when they get to the school. <laughs> yes. Why'd you we say get- school like that? Uh, the school. The school. The school. I don't know. Don't know. I didn't realize I said it like that. 
Um, they get to the school. And uh, again, playing with the, the size of the little small child, Scott, running around. Mm-hmm. And then he gets yeah. really big. Little but not too little Scott is very yeah. fun. <laughs> uh, is. With his lost and found hoodie and his long sleeves flailing in the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie's full of fun sequences. This movie and also has a teacher that's played by the guy from College Humor's What If Google Was a Guy series. Okay. That's a deep cut. Yeah, it is. I, I saw him like, hang the <laughs> fuck on. I know this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, fun scene. We and we get they get back out to the car and we get Hiya champ, how was school today? Ah, ha, ha, ha. Alright, get your jokes out now. Can you fix the suit? So cranky. You want a juice box and some string cheese? <laughs> Do you really have that? <laughs> Do you really have that just yeah, makes it? It does. It's like I mean you ask for orange slices. Yeah. You know. It's about citrus, man. We'll find that <laughs> out loves, soon enough. He loves his orange. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The, the school Making sequence fun is of Scott. fun. Uh, like the the little jump to try and get into Cassie's locker. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, hopefully the whole time, like, oh, you're so close. You can, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ulysses S. Grant. Terrible. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> A lot of the ant names are bad in this movie. He's just yeah. like really stretching the joke. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, pretty much. I have nothing more to add. No, there's nothing to add to that. Okay, after locating the lab, the trio finds it in the middle of a forest and breaks in. Ghost restrains Lang, Hope, and Pim when they arrive and reveals herself to be Ava Star. She tells them about her father, Elias Star accidentally killing himself and his wife during a quantum experiment that caused Star's unstable state. Foster reveals that he has been helping Ava after the accident, who they plan to cure during Janet's quantum... Wait. Who they plan to cure using Janet's quantum energy, believing that this will kill Janet in the quantum realm. Uh, Pym refuses to help them, and the trio manage to escape by staging a fake heart attack with Pym. So I must not have been paying attention. Because I did not realize that the father is named Elias Starr. Mm-hmm. Is that the name of Egghead? Oh, God, is it? Elias like, Starr. Oh. Am I, get, am I remembering that right? I think you are, yes. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and he's bald. Like, it all checks out. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. What a weird pull. What the fuck? In the comics, Elias Star was a scientist working at an atomic research center for the government until he was fired due to charges of espionage. He earned the nickname Egghead due to the unusual egg shape of his skull. (laughs) Star was also a member of the supervillain group known as the Intelligentsia, which is composed of the smartest villains in the Marvel Universe. Yes, yes, and the MCU would do them justice later on. We'll we'll get there. (laughs) Yes, we will. Uh, God. The intelligentsia is so stupid. Egghead is so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's all dumb. <laughs> Comics are dumb. I've just realized. Oh, you've just realized now? God, I've wasted my life. Um, <laughs> Idiot. Yeah, Egghead's a weird pull. I'm glad they, they didn't give him like a bigger part. <laughs> sure. Why is everyone just doing corporate espionage all the time? I don't know. 
Like, it seems to be a really big thing in the Iron Man movies and the Ant-Man movies. It's just like, well, we're just going to, like, steal government secrets and sell them to (laughs) fucking whoever. Yeah. That's... He was in Argentina, so, like, presumably, like, escaped Nazis. I guess. That has to be my guess. Um, we get this, yeah, we get the flashback of how she got her powers. And, I mean, she tragic. blames, she blames, you know. Hank Pym getting uh, yeah. her, her father, like, fired and deported. And, you know, but also, like, she went back in the building. So <laughs> She's really a child. Fun. She's a dumbass. What she is. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> what a d- wow. dumb idiot. <laughs> Zero sympathy for idiot. horribly, uh. Like, I mean, if you're gonna get your child. if you're gonna get yourself special powers, like, don't blame anyone else for it. <laughs> Look, I mean, the powers are really fucking cool. I'm not gonna lie; it's a damn shame about the constant pain. But I feel yeah, the pain I work are... a day job. <laughs> uh, I get that. Uh, chronic pain. Hello. Um, also, she she was a shield operative. Mm-hmm. But so, but who was she? Like, she wasn't working for Nick Fury. Who is she working for? Well, clearly she was being trained by Hydra within S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Because, like, when when you look at it in the black and white terms that I'm sure the MCU would kind of like you to look at it, S.H.I.E.L.D., without Hydra's influence, would never take advantage of someone in constant horrible pain just because the thing that's causing them pain would make them a really good, like, Black Ops uh, super soldier spy, right? But Hydra would. Hydra would 100%. So I've got it in my notes. Uh, so did Shield or Hydra weaponize Ghost? Probably Hydra, um, mm. like under the guise of Shield, right? Because she also says when Shield falls through, like falls apart, she mm-hmm. was kind of left with nowhere to go, right? Like, yep. Yeah, well, that's because of the Hydra thing. So that checks out. Yeah, fair enough. Makes sense. All of that, like um, file footage stuff and flashback stuff mm-hmm. for training, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's it's probably the the most interestingly shot stuff in this mm. movie. She has a good uh, intimidating. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Walk. Yeah, and also I I think you mentioned it before, but I, I like how um you know she's got like all those little like glitches that she has, and like um you'll see uh you'll see like a. A ghost image of uh, <laughs> of something, and this then she, she will ad- she'll end up doing that like there's frames really, later. There's a really specific one that I like that happens later, where she kind of busts out of a door, mm-hmm. and instead of like she just phases through it, the door doesn't react at all. But one of the little echoes of her right. goes to open the door, while the rest of her just walks straight through. Right. Yeah. I like that stuff. It's very very cool. Yeah, that stuff's cool. Uh, again, the action stuff. Pretty good in this movie. Great. Um, yeah, that's, that's not, there's nothing else here. Um, <laughs> that's the end of the synopsis. We've got to wing it now. <laughs> uh, I do. I do. I do like the phone call uh, to. Cassie. to Cassie. Yeah. Man, uh, Foster the, is like the most lenient kidnapper I've ever seen. <laughs> It's like, oh, you've got a daughter. Oh God, I got a. I have a. I have, I have this thing. I have a soft spot for kids that I, <laughs> right. I can't. I can't not help here. Answer your phone. 
and then it just wasn't it wasn't even remotely important. <laughs> She's texting me nine one one. That means it's an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> I I like that she would text nine one one. That's very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the fact that Scott just doesn't even give the game away. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. There was like- a cop on the other end of that phone line. <laughs> Just opening the tin that was full of ants. Altoids. That, that grew big when you opened yeah. it. <laughs> it's like one of those uh one of those cans full of peanuts. Except <laughs> sure, like yeah. spring spring but with snakes. Ants. <laughs> but ants, yes. Ants that grow. Yeah. Giants. Ah, Gi- uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Pim and Hope. I like that you were gonna you were gonna repeat it, and then a little bit of your soul died. No, no, no. I mean, he is called Giant Man, so you know. Yeah, it's... and then the army one is GI Ant Man. Oh so god, stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb. You're I right. Comics Ant- are dumb. Uh, Pim and Hope contact Janet with the tunnel fitted with the the new part. She talks with them through Lang. Wait, have, did I skip something after? No, this is this is this is how this movie goes. Uh, there, there is some stuff, but it like. This is the problem with this movie where it's got a little tiny bit of the Spider-Man 3 going on where we've got too many fucking plates spinning. Mm, it's true, but also not a lot. Yeah. A, a, a like a lot of characters, of nothing but happens also nothing's happening. Yeah. Uh, Pim and Hope contact Janet with the tunnel fitted with the new part. She talks with them through Lang because of their quantum entanglement. She gives them a precise location to find her, but warns that they only have two hours to find her. At XCon security consultant's office, Birch enters and uses a truth serum. Uh, it's not. It's not it's a not truth a, serum. It's not okay. a truth serum, guys. It's not a truth serum, guys. To get information from Luis, then informs a contact at the FBI. However, as they go to leave, Ghost enters, having heard the location of Lang. Baby Yaga! <laughs> Scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yoga come at night. Oh, oh, hang on. Yoga come at night. Little children sleepy tight. Little children sleepy tight. <laughs> <laughs> he plays like mildly unhinged very well. He's very good. Uh, Louise warns Lang, who then confesses to Hope and Pim, which angers them and prompts them to sever ties with him again. Lang is forced to rush home to save his house arrest. This leaves Pim and Hope to be arrested. <laughs> to save his house arrest. To save his house arrest and for their lab to be taken by Stoltz. However, he's found and killed by Ghost, who then takes the lab. Back at home, Lang is convinced by Cassie to rescue Hope and Pim despite the risks, promising that she'll love him no matter what happens. Hey, Ghost killed that FBI guy? I guess. That's what I this just synopsis she, like, says. took him down. Because like, someone says we've got a man down and the lab is missing. And maybe I guess man down uh, can mean that he's dead, but I just assumed he was all tuckered out. Maybe he's uh, in his bed, sleepy tight, or whatever the song said. <laughs> yes, little children. Little children sleepy tight. He's just sleepy tight. That's all it just, is. Just sleepy tight. Don't forget, kids, sleepy tight. Um, <laughs> sleepy tight. Yeah, so when this scene rolled around and Sonny Bird shows up, I was like, hey, I forgot we had two antagonists. <laughs> antagonists? <laughs> Oh, oh God! Man. <laughs> That's Fuck a podcast cancelled. Over it. Twenty episodes. <laughs> Pull the plug. <laughs> We're done. We don't need to watch the rest. 
Anyway, yeah, totally forgot we had two bad guys in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Because Sonny Birch just kind of disappears for the last 40 minutes. Yeah. Which is a shame, because he's we, fun. We uh, get uh, another Luis story time. It's been a bit lacking, you know? Yeah. We do get some really good, uh, like... Because the first time for Luis story time, and the second time as well, it was just lots of, like, cameos and side characters... Right. Being dubbed over with his voice. This time we get like actual main characters. We get Scott. We get Hope. Mm. We get a bunch of them being I love, voiced by Luis. I love how the actors also like act like Luis they take when his they're mannerisms. talking. Yes, lots of like head movement and neck uh, snaps, and it's yeah. really good. Uh, always love a good Luis story time. Well, like between that and uh, Scott being possessed for a moment, <laughs> quantum yeah. possessed, no mm. less. Yeah. Uh, it's it's my old favorite trope of actors acting like characters acting like other people. Yes. I really like that. And it comes back every time. It's Paul every Rudd, time it comes back, I'll go fucking wild for it. Paul Rudd does a good Michelle Pfeiffer. Tell you what. <laughs> the hand holding with Hank is just <laughs> yeah. so fucking great. When he when he when he wakes back up from How did know, we get up here? Yeah, and then he's he's just like holds the hand up, just like what the fuck? <laughs> But like all the looks that he's giving Hank while mm-hmm. being Janet, it's, it's you could feel the love. <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot of love behind good. those eyes. Yeah, uh, it's amazing how many of my notes just come up to they just can be summed up as ants! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Oh, I I put a lot of. <laughs> I also have that. <laughs> Uh, Luis is terrible bossing. The company's about to go fucking bankrupt and he hasn't told anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, like, converging threats are fun. I do like Mm. the idea of multiple different things to worry about. We've got Sonny Birch's guys, we've got Ghost, we've got the FBI. All of these things converging on the one point. We've got to to figure all these things out at once. The thing is, like... I do like like that in theory. I don't mind that there's multiple... I don't know. uh, Threats? You can say threat. They're really just roadblocks in this movie. Like, no, there's yes. none, none of it feels threatening. None of it actually feels like um, they're any. Uh, they're really going to stop anything from happening. It's just like they're just kind of there to, I don't know, pad out the runtime so that we can eventually get Janet out of the quantum realm. Like, so it's it's that like. No one realistically feels like Sonny Birch is going to win here because he's fucking no one. Mm. Um, Ghost, maybe. Out of all the options here, like, Sonny Birch is the least threatening. Yeah. The FBI thing, okay, maybe maybe Scott goes back to jail. I could see that happening. Maybe he owns up to his crimes. Sure. Fine. Um, the ghost thing, eh, feel like there's going to be, there's got to be some sort of non-violent way to solve that one because yes. obviously they're playing her as a tragic villain sure yes. uh and it's it, it would be too much of a bummer if she just straight up lost and also then died right like, oh well that that's rough or if she did or if she did something that was like more Super heinous evil. than uh, yeah like marvel does this thing a lot where they they do have villains that are quite sympathetic mm-hmm. and then they'll uh do something just awful. Yeah. <laughs> They'll like straight up kill a dude without provocation. Like, oh yeah, you're evil. Yeah. Forgot about that. 
like kill a bunch of um, dwarves on Just a like- planet. <laughs> on a star, sorry. Even though his whole thing is about being fair and balanced. and Yes. Yeah. Balance. Mm-hmm. Perfectly yep. balanced. Good old balance. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. This movie... None of its threats feel like threats. Uh, I feel like the other side of that equation is that the stakes aren't super high, at least not initially. Um, Like I said, Scott could go back to jail. Sure. That's pretty bad, but, you know. Eh. No, that's not a life or death thing. No. Um, And it's not until we get to the, like, last 20, 30 minutes where... Mm. Janet possesses Scott and is like, nope, there's a time limit on this now. Once yeah. we go past an hour or so, mm-hmm. I forget what the time limit is exactly, but she goes, once it goes past this time, this this quantum alignment won't happen again for another mm-hmm. hundred years. Like, <laughs> yeah, another where did that come from? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why is this? You should have said earlier, really, yeah, this really. is on you. Mm-hmm. And then there's ghosts being like, no, I've got to kill Janet for her quantum energy. That doesn't... It's so... You don't know that that's what you got to do. It's... Yeah, exactly. It's all, It's just like, oh... So, this is a big problem that I have with some stories where it's like, I feel like you could just sort out a lot by talking it out. Right. Talking it yeah, out exactly. doesn't really solve many problems in a lot of movies because that's not fun to watch. But... Mm. Well, let's just focus on getting Janet back and then we can decide if you have to kill her. And then if you have to kill her, then you fist fight. Sure. Yes. But right. talk about it first. Mm-hmm. Don't just suck up her quantum <laughs> like power. It's, it's, it's so... Uh, oh, I have issues with the quantum power. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, oh. oh, my God. Anyway. Um, yes, Paul Wright acting like Michelle Pfeiffer. Great. Um, world's greatest grandma, indeed. Um well, the other thing here in terms of the stakes, like, yeah, great. We've got a ticking clock now. That's convenient for the drama. And then you've got, okay, Scott's got to go back and save his house arrest, as the synopsis puts it. Yes. Uh, and that means that Hank and Hope are pissed at him now, even though it's 100% totally like, this is yeah, understandable. This is a reasonable yeah, thing to do. Exactly. He's helped you as much as he can right now. He needs to leave. Like, and he says, I'll be back. I'll come yeah, home. Exactly. Just tell me where to find you. Like, he's being as reasonable about this mm-hmm. as he can. He's even threatening to break his house r- arrest again. Yeah, exactly. And then, I don't know, it just all feels very forced. There's a lot mm-hmm. of forced drama. Yeah. There's a lot of forced conflict. Yeah, that's what it is. The Yeah, that's what it is with the quantum power bullshit. Forced drama, it's forced very conflict, forced. and then threats that don't feel like threats. Yes, Lang is soon able to help him and Hope escape custody. They meet with well, Lisa and discuss a plan. They decide to have Pim dive into the quantum realm to help Janet. They will then shrink the lab and take it away from the enemy before they enlarge it in a secure location to get Janet and Pim home safe. They then wait for Ghost and Foster to activate the lab, causing it to enlarge where they can find the location. Lang and Hope distract Star while Pim help enters the quantum realm to retrieve Janet but end up fighting Birch and his men, allowing Star to begin the process of taking Janet's energy. A car chase ensues across the streets of San Francisco, ending at Pier 39. Lang takes... That's a very very specific. Lang takes the lab and enlarges it, while Birch and his goons are apprehended. This is all very, like, scattershot. For a short synopsis, 
to go, oh, yes, that's P39 <laughs> of San Francisco right there. I, yeah, oh, that's a lot of, there's a lot going on in this one paragraph. Um, mm. in I world, do, okay. In world ant GPS. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the crazy taxi arrow. I'm into it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, as much as I don't like the forced, uh, conflict between Hope and Hank and Scott, mm-hmm. the line, you should feel great about yourself coming from Jimmy Woo to Scott. Yep. That's some fantastic dramatic irony. I really do like that. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that I don't like that the, the the conflict there is as forced as it is. I um, it's like he th- should feel great about himself. He made it back. He's beaten the system. <laughs> right. I forgot to mention that uh, Wu was learning magic from the same site that Lang was learning magic from, and so um, did Lang actually tell him <laughs> where, how to learn the magic? Mustics, or did uh, around just... the same time that they were organizing like dinner dates, um, <laughs> you know that apparently that uh, there is an ad for the Close Up Magic School on Disney Plus. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's a bunch of extras under there. I didn't watch it, but That's I did funny. see it as I was flicking through. I'm like, what the fuck? Weird. That's very good. I'm guessing because there's like a video playing in the background on the website that Woo's on. I'm guessing it's that. Mm-hmm. Um. um... The the daddy daughter talk is very cute. Yeah, I really like Cassie. She's adorable. Yeah, same. Oh, and then we get the role reversal from Ant Man One, where uh, fucking I was about to call him Paul Rudd. I'm like, yes, that is the guy's name, but no, Scott. <laughs> Scott breaks out Hank and Hope uh, with the use of ants. I really like using hats and shades <laughs> for Hank's disguise. <laughs> Sure. Like, the fact that he brings in the suit for Hope, and she's like, yes, awesome. And Hank's like, what about me? And he unshrinks a hat and a jacket and some shades, and he's like, perfect. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves, Hank's he way loves into it. the FBI costume. <laughs> he barely does, a costume. Yeah. He's just got an FBI jacket over his <laughs> sensible sweater vest. It's like a really one of those really cheap costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You if you don't look too close, it actually says Federal Breast Inspector. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh it's very good. Um we get we get Scott's like plan skills. Do you like making a list? <laughs> I love making lists. Everyone loves a list. That's what we do at the end of this podcast. Uh <laughs> Fight Ghost is 2A, by the way. <laughs> it's very important it's it feels like it should be a part of two. Let's make it two A. <laughs> Uh, uh, very good. What's up? What's up, Luis? With the dated "What's up" reference. <laughs> you guys remember that <laughs> that really well-known commercial? <laughs> yes. And the way he says it just fucking kills me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill. Bill is defeated with the power of four giant ants. I wouldn't take those on. <laughs> These things are terrifying. <laughs> He's just surrounded by. Ants. That's, that's that's how he gets defeated in this movie. Sure showed him. I mean, yeah. I just... I wouldn't fucking deal with those ants. They got giant pincers. Fuck that. If they're the bull ants, the ones that really fucking hurt, I don't want to know what mm. that does at that size. That's true. That's true. That would hurt. Um, um, I, I like yep. that Scott gets his shit rocked as a distraction. Right, yeah. 
Like, he's getting the absolute <clears throat> piss beat out of him. He does get to slide under a table, though. It's very cool of him. Why Probably does Ghost walk like Captain that? Because she's going to murder a motherfucker. <laughs> but she walks like that anytime she's in that costume. It's honestly probably a spatial awareness thing. Like, I need my arms out to the side just a little <laughs> bit to make sure I'm not bumping into anything because I have no peripheral vision in this mask. <laughs> Maybe it's also like she doesn't want to um, uh, phase through herself. Uh, Maybe. She doesn't... Because she's so unstable, maybe she would get her arm stuck inside herself. I genuinely think the answer is the more mundane. I can't see shit in this mask and I don't want to bump into a wall. <laughs> okay, sure. Let's go with yours. Um, this car chase is fucking fun. This is the one I think of when I think the MCU yep. only has a handful of car chases. Yeah, this is one of the best this is a really ones. really good one. There's some, some fucking cool shit, man. Yeah. The time the car like shrinking and then unshrinking underneath a car to flip another yep. car, mm-hmm. and then they they're going down that like windy bit. That bit in San Francisco that everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this then, is a good use of setting. Shrinks and then the car flips and like you see it flipping in the background, and then the the like giant bricks are falling from the sky. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and um. Yeah, uh, giant tardigrades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're, they're there. There's uh, Hope doing sick shit, like flying into one of the cars in the car chase that doesn't belong to them, re-beginning in the backseat, punching dudes, shrinking, flipping outside the car, and then drop-kicking back through the driver's seat. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, it's real yeah. fucking cool. <laughs> that is good. Um, Stanley's car shrinks. Stan the man! <laughs> And he says he's paying for the fun he had in the 60s. <laughs> There's also a gag reel specifically of him reading one-liners for this. On oh, okay. Class. There's <laughs> stuff like, uh, talk about diminishing returns. I knew <laughs> I should have paid uh, I should have paid extra for insurance. Glad this was a rental. Uh, <laughs> and my favorite is, oh man, I just stole this car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's the best oh, one. Why there, would you not there put is that another- in there? There is another good one. It's not as good as I just stole this car, but, well, at least I can finally park in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, the stole this car, that's it's really so good. good. <laughs> that's really good. And, like, the way he delivers it, I really recommend you go watch that gag reel because it's mm. fucking excellent. Um, There's a giant Hello Kitty Pez. That gets yeah. thrown at a guy on a bike. Yeah. And then Luis says, Oh, you got pezzed. You got pezzed. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the first things we ever saw from Ant Man and Wasp, like in promotional material. Yes, it was in a trailer, yeah. So f- it's so fucking good. How could you not? <laughs> you um, got pezzed. Here's uh, this. I mean, look, this car chase has so many good moments in it. Mm-hmm. There's a bit that I really like in particular where it goes sort of like jumps over a wall, phase shifts through a bike and kicks the shit out of a dude at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. she, like, vaults over, phases through a car, kicks a guy off the bike and steals the bike in yeah. one movement. And it's like, yeah. fuck, Ghost is cool yeah. sometimes. When she's, being, when she's in action, she's pretty cool. Yeah, when she's being used well, she's yes. cool. Hell yeah. Uh, I love... 
I love Scott using that truck as a scooter or whatever. Like he's just pushing it along. While he's giant Ishman. Yeah, giant Ishman. Um, very good. Uh, just like slowly going down the street while he's digging his heels in. Yeah. <laughs> just does a sick uh sick drift around the corner. Yep. <laughs> um Luis Luis with the pimped out Veloster. He's a Luis is a surprisingly apt action hero. We see him punch yep. a few dudes out in Ant Man One and in this. Mm-hmm. And then like he's doing like sick getaway driving and shit. Yeah. Luis is the man. He is. He's great. Oh, giant ish man with the gun flick. Oh, <laughs> Just... you mean you mean this? Doink! Doink! Stoink! It's very good. Uh, <laughs> I heard that, and I fucking laughed my ass off from that sound today. Oh my god! I just kept playing it over and over. <laughs> I can see why. So it's good. good. It's a great noise. I think we need more uh, giant superheroes who are idiots. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Um, uh, the li- we get the line. Has anyone seen a southern gentleman carrying a building? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just a fun thing to say. Uh, Antonio Banderas, because he's a badass. Yeah, he lasts five eaten. seconds before he gets eaten by a bird. <laughs> yeah. I like how they made a whole thing in the first movie about Antony uh, being killed, and then they're just using the ants. Yeah, okay, let's let's not lose focus here. These are just bugs, <laughs> exactly. As uh, b- big jokes, very good. Um, Tim Heidecker is boat guy. Yes, there's okay. also a gag reel of him just like doing comedy, <laughs> like <laughs> well, good, s- just re- reeling off random like boat guy lines. <laughs> Talking about how he always loved, I always loved whales. I'm not a biologist or anything. This isn't like a, this isn't a whale learning tour. This is a whale seeing <laughs> tour. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, the metal suit that Hank wears when meeting Janet in the quantum realm resembles his comic counterpart's Goliath costume right down to the Y shape symbol on the chest. Huh. You know what? Yeah, I could, I could see that. It's, it's it's a bit of a stretch, honestly, but it's it's there. There's a why. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nah, nah. It's okay. not even the right colors. It's not the right colors. No, there is a why. So, and he doesn't have like the little blue boy shorts on the outside. No. <laughs> no. All the all the dumb antenna. God, God, Hank's costume so stupid. What about those glasses? <laughs> Makes him look like Cyclops. Oh, God, you're talking about that one? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the yellow and blue one. Oh, yeah, okay. No, they're all... They're Hank all Pym, bad, Hank yeah. Pym has only ever had two good costumes. Mm-hmm. It's the original one. Yep. And the yellow jacket one. <laughs> right. Something they, they didn't even bother to explain in this movie or um, since is that uh, Janet aged the same amount is Hank in the quantum realm? Yeah, I don't know how much. Like, what's what's the time dilation like on that? Do we get a sense for that? I mean, because the only the only other person we know who gets trapped in the quantum realm and comes back is something that we'll talk about in two movies' time. But he doesn't yes. get any 
older, really. No. And it's been, what, like a year or two? Like, so you wouldn't noticeably be able to tell. Although, he he says it only felt like a little while, a couple of hours. He said, he said it had been um, five minutes or something. Yeah. So, I guess it's... Uh, it's a case of who fucking cares. Yeah, I think that's what it is because also, like, you don't want to. We can't just cast a younger Michelle Pfeiffer the entire time. That also, that also, you don't want to cast like a younger actress to be next to the love interest of an old man. Yes. Yep. No. Totally. Totally with you on that. So I, I get why they did it, but there's never it's never like brought up or explained. Also, it's like hey, they just let it go. Wasteland Wasp looks fucking cool. Yeah. It's like yeah, full she's on badass. like Mad Max in it with the old yeah. wasp suit and mm-hmm. random rags. Yeah. Where is she finding clothes and shit? Oh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out in the future. Yep. Guess we'll find out in the I don't even future. think we'll find out then, but. <laughs> I, we might get an inkling. An inkling, yeah. Um. Oh, we get the nice little bloop sound effect as uh, Ant-Man falls into the water. Really tiny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. It's a good bloop. I like a good bloop. I like uh, Cassie's shit-eating grin as she's seeing Big Big Scott on TV. Yeah, she's like, I love that my dad's a criminal. I'm <laughs> yeah. so into crimes. <laughs> this is my fault. Yeah. Um, and and like my, li- my, my note literally says, Cassie loves it. <laughs> Um, okay. Pym finally encounters Janet in the quantum realm, and they arrive safely from the quantum tunnel. Ava attempts to sabotage their return, but when Lang and Hope intervene, she is stopped. Janet voluntarily gifts some of her energy to Ava to stabilize her condition. Lang returns home once again in time for a suspicious woo to release him at the end of his house arrest. He then happily reunites with Cassie, while Hank restores the family home which he had shrunk and was hiding on the beach for him and Janet. Quantum um, magic. Oh, God. I, 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 we talked about it already, but I just don't understand the fucking quantum extraction thing. We can really just put quantum in front of anything and it works. Like, don't question yeah. it. When you notice something like that, a quantum wizard did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole quantum thing really just... It's all contrivance, which is not something that this movie needs more of. We're already you know, bullshitting uh, some forced drama and conflict and we don't have any high stakes. The highest Mm -hmm. stake we have is that our somewhat somewhat likable tragic villain is going to die. Right. That's a shame. Quantum magic. (laughs) That fixes that. Just like uh, Janet's been in the quantum realm for a while, so uh, that'll heal Ava, sure. And she just knows that that's what will <laughs> right. happen because she can feel it. Yeah, she her, just in feels... In quantum heart. <laughs> exactly. It's just, uh... it's so weak. It's so weak. It's it is. It is bad. a shame because, like, so much of this movie is fun to watch and fun mm-hmm. to experience. And then you think about, like, the plot and the characters, and you're like, oh, it's a shame. Could have done mm-hmm. something. Like, what so, they've got there is fine as a vehicle for jokes and fun action, but... Pretty much, yeah. As a, as a like, compelling story, mm-hmm. eh. It's not eh. great, i got to say. It's... It, this movie um, survives... 
this movie makes it through being watchable simply by the fact that the action scenes are so much fun and uh, everything and in, in between. The jokes are pretty good and everything in between is just kind of like just get to the fun stuff now. I, I don't I don't really care. Honestly, like, I really don't I, care. I, I think I think the like non action stuff is peppered with enough fun moments and jokes that I'm like I'm never like I'm bored or I've just realized this movie is like falling apart at the seams while I'm watching it. Right. I'm never yeah, no, I'm never bored. It's just more the fact that it's just like it's not the the more you're very not interesting. Watching, yeah. The more you're not watching like an action scene or a particularly funny like gag. Right. The more you're just like, hang the fuck on. Mm. This movie's nothing. <laughs> it really is. Um, Sonny Birch gets caught and uh, we get we get them uh, with their truth serum. And he says, I've also committed numerous health code violations in my restaurant. Some of them would shock you. <laughs> Some of them would shock you is the fucking funniest line. <laughs> Followed by the guy being like, it is truth serum. Yeah, it's like it's like like no one even asked about the fucking restaurant or health code violations. He just let him know. Yeah, it's not actually a truth serum. It just makes you talk. It's <laughs> right. a Luis. Uh, it's a Luis. Serum. Oh yeah, that's what it is. You just need like the bongos in the background. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, Scott's plan to just leave the suit giant and run away, <laughs> <laughs> like up against the building, like he's yeah. trying to hide. If I stay real still, they won't see me like a T-Rex. And Wu's just like, come on, you can shrink now. Yeah, it's time to admit you've you lost. It's yeah. it's time to be the bigger man. <laughs> and then uh, it deflates. <laughs> yeah. Um do people still dance? What's it's it like little, on the outside? What's it like? Do people still dance? I'll be seeing you. Where will you be seeing me? <laughs> like like you're gonna go to we're going to dinner like what <laughs> yeah like in general you'll be oh you'll be watching me and Wu's like I got off work <laughs> would you like to do you want to grab dinner uh very good interactions between those two yeah Wu's a lot of fun mm-hmm. why do they have all of the cars shrunk to watch the movie on the laptop? For the atmosphere, damn it. <laughs> yeah, what, you want to go to the drive-in with no other cars? I it's mean, yes. Weird. Why not just watch a TV? Why don't watch a movie on a TV? Because yeah? the movie screen's bigger at the movies. Well, why not just shrink yourself down and watch it on a normal-sized TV and not a laptop? Sure. Be fucking wild. <laughs> IMAX eat your fucking heart out. <laughs> Um. Yeah, the beach house. That's nice. I really uh, hate that giant moth. <laughs> sure, very dusty. Yeah, it's so dusty. Oh. <laughs> um, I like the credits with the action figures. Yeah, That's the fun. diorama. Yeah, the little dioramas. Those are really good little throwbacks to recreations of bits in the movie. That's fun. Who doesn't love a good diorama? Yeah. Lang ventures into the quantum realm to collect particles to help heal Star while monitored by Pym, Janet, and Hope. Although he is is successful in harvesting the particles, Hope's countdown to bring him back suddenly cuts out. It is revealed that as a result of Thanos' snap, Pym, Janet, and Hope 
have all turned to ash, leaving Lang trapped in the quantum realm. In a post credit scene, an oversized ant plays the drum kit in Lang's house while the television is broadcasting a state of emergency. Those state of emergency broadcasts are fucking terrifying. There's something very oh, eerie yeah, they about are. it. Yeah, I don't no. like it. Awful, awful things. Uh, and then, yeah, you completely like offset the horror of what's just happened with Drum Ant. Drum yeah, Ant gets yeah. He hasn't turned to ash. No. Um, if anyone was too. asking, where's Ant-Man during Infinity War? First of all, they give you an answer in that movie. Yeah. But then they give you the answer of, wait, is everyone fucked? Hmm. Turns out, yeah, a lot of people are fucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've just sat through, uh, what is it, like uh, two hours, two and a bit hours of movie? Yeah, just over two hours. Yeah, two, just over two hours of, you know, fun action and goofy jokes, yeah. all to be slammed back down to earth and reminded <laughs> right. everything exactly. is terrible. Your heroes have lost. Remember the end of that last movie? Remember it's, sadness, It's idiot? still happened. It's happening right now. And our fun Bugman hero is trapped in fucking Quantum Realm. No one's going to pull him out. Nope. No one ever will. Not a single human. Nope. No humans at all will ever save Ant-Man. I do like that uh, just as a a throwaway line, uh, Janet mentions, watch out for time vortexes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and that got all of our nerd brains going like, oh, God, what if Endgame has time travel? Well, that'd mm-hmm. be fucking wild. That'd be crazy, uh, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> Who would even? Why would, would they ever even? do that? And then, you know, that movie came out. <laughs> it sure did. We'll get to it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yep. Um, um, as far as post credit scenes go, that one's a pretty fucking big one just for yeah. giving you the tonal smackdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again, it's what... See, this is, this is the, what's... This is such a weird thing about the MCU is like you have uh, you start off the movie with uh, a you know callback to a scene we already seen in the mm-hmm. last movie, mm-hmm. and then the end the fucking mid credits of this movie gives no context at all for what just happened. So yeah, so if someone did walk into this as their first MCU movie, they're like, yeah. oh, that was a fun time. I don't really understand what the deal is with these characters or how they got powers, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter in the grand scheme of things. And then, <laughs> right. oh God, why are they all Ash? <laughs> what, oh God. What happened? What? what, what? So I, <laughs> there's just like, uh, <laughs> there's just like a scene missing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just comes up with the word scene missing in theater. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's so a fun movie. It is like if any movie in the MCU can be described as a fun time, I think it's this one. Mm, and like, there are more fun times than this. No, no, no. But specifically as just a fun time. Yes. So if we, if it's, if it's okay. All right. Let's get to the stops you know and I mean? stinks of this movie. Uh, this is where we tell you what we liked and we didn't like about Ant-Man and the Wasp. And uh, I don't know, did I go? I think I went I believe you went first last time. So uh, tell me, Josh, what is your first Stark? What is the first thing you enjoyed most about this movie? I thought that the movie makes really good, like liberal use of pin particles for shrinking and sight Mm -hmm. gags and size fun, like the shrinking building Mm-hmm. And the carry case and the the fucking Hot Wheels thing. Yep, it's very good. Uh, and then there's the dumb shit like the malfunctioning Ant Man suit. So you get 
tiny but not Ant-Man tiny Ant-Man. Yes. And giant Ishman. There's just a lot of fun, dumb size gags. Mine's pretty much the same. My first one's pretty much the same as yours. I just put the action scenes are very inventive and fun. Um, yeah, I love the way they play with the scale, shrinking and blowing things up, um, and then using that's using that ability as as a weapon, like yeah, shrinking the car, putting it under another car, and then blowing it back up to knock the car away. Like I love. Yep. Uh, all of that stuff, yeah. It's super fun and... Uh, like the first movie they introduce it and they do some neat stuff. Yeah. And this one feels like, okay, well, we got that out of the way. Let's go. Let's kind of go fucking wild with it. Let's crank it up. Let's it's show them what we can do with all this shrinking stuff. Yeah. yeah. People people understand it now and they're not going to be like, oh, well, what kind of useful power is shrinking? Now let's just <laughs> right. do some dumb shit with it. Yeah, exactly. What well, is your second Stark? Uh, there are some high levels of charm and humor in this movie. I'm not sure it's mm-hmm. as uh, consistently funny as the first one. Right. But the bits that are funny are very funny. Yes. Uh, I get some fucking good laughs out of this one. I really I like love... Baby Yaga! <laughs> yeah. All the ex-con guys are so good. Very good. You and sent this... my suit for the mayor? There's some fucking great line reads. And just really good setup and payoff. You know Bobby yeah. Yaga? <laughs> the fucking mandolin in the back of that. <laughs> you know Baba Yaga? Oh, got me again. Oh, just new things that I notice every time. I'm like, that's fucking funny. <laughs> um, yes. Very good. <laughs> I I, uh, I love the dynamic between Scott Hope and Hank. Uh, how they're just- Which is funny because... That okay, so just to peek behind the curtain, I mm. do look at my Starks and Stanks from previous movies to make sure I'm not just doubling up. Right, that's what I said about the first movie. Oh, okay, I think these characters have a great dynamic. So yes, I totally yeah, agree. They do. Um, they're really good. They're just like a weird, a weird family. It's uh, hanging out together and going on crazy adventures. Like kind uh, of dysfunctional. They pick yes. on each other a bit. Yeah, exactly. That school shit is the funniest stuff in the world. Uh-huh. Hiya, champ. How was school today? <laughs> 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 uh, yes, it's very good. Um, yeah. yeah, great dynamic between all of them. The stuff that's good about this is very good. And uh, the, the scene where um, they're about to go into the building where uh, Ghost is to get the... The other building back. The spooky forest building? Yeah, the spooky like, forest building. This seems building. right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Scott and Hope have like a little moment together and mm-hmm. Scott's just like daydreaming and then <laughs> Hank is like, hey, Scott, uh, if you, when you're done daydreaming about my daughter, can you just go get my building back? <laughs> He's just so sick sure. of everyone's shit. Sure. Yeah, I'll do that. No problem. Grumpy Hank Pym is so fun. He's great. What? You know what's not great? Is your first stank. Uh, this movie's uh, messy. There's lots of side plots and characters to juggle, but also not a whole lot is actually happening. Mm-hmm. But like, there's so much that's we're trying to keep spinning. And then like characters like Sonny Birch and ghosts don't really get the time or material to shine. Right. We get to focus on our main characters, and they are great. 
But uh, anyone new to the movie, like new to the the Ant Man franchise, right? They just get kind of like introduced, and like there they are, and they disappeared for 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> they'll, they'll be back later, right? Um, I guess this kind of ties into that. My first stank is that this movie is just mostly inconsequential, except for the mid credit scene. It's like, apart yeah. from saving Janet, it doesn't push the world or the characters forward. The villains are, are really nothing more than a roadblock to the end goal of saving Janet. And, and, and nobody really grows or learns anything except for one of the villains and her lesson is, hey, people aren't so bad, so maybe you can be not so bad too. It's like, that's kind of... Yeah, uh, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it is it is inconsequential. Uh, excuse me. Jesus, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the inconsequentialness of it all made me so gassy. <laughs> uh, like, I don't like judging MCU movies based on how much they input into the franchise as a whole. Like, it needs to stand up on its own two legs. And yeah. it does, but it's not the most, like, compelling narrative. Well, it's not even it's not even that. It's like, yeah, I said inconsequential except for mid-credits scene, but it's not even that. It's just, like, it's in- inconsequential for the characters in the movie. Like, it's... Yeah, there's not a ton of growth. There's, no. like... I, I feel like there's supposed to be some character growth when... Um, Scott ditches uh, Hank and Hope to go and save his house arrest. Right. Uh, And then, like, he has the talk with Cassie afterwards, but I'm not sure Mm. what the lesson he's supposed to have learned here is. Yeah, it's not like he was... I mean, he's been very helpful (laughs) the whole movie. It's it's not like he really needed the encouragement to go help Cassie, although... Not Cassie, um, Hope. Yeah. Though that seems to be how that talk with Cassie is framed. It's just very muddled in what it's trying to accomplish in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, it's a fine story, I guess. I feel like everything here feels like the B-plot of a better movie. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, my second stank is mm-hmm. that uh, there's a lot of forced drama mm-hmm. and, like... It's not just forced drama, it's forced drama and a reliance on convenience for resolutions. Right. And also for drama, like the the fact that we're working with a prototype suit. Okay, well, now we've got mm-hmm. uh, Scott unable to control his uh, size in certain ways. He's got to be saved near the end, right. I hope, because oh, conveniently the suit just will not shrink down. Right. And that's fine, because it makes for some fun gags and mm-hmm. some uh, difficulties. Because otherwise, yeah. you just have Scott beasting all over them. Because he's he's an old hand at this uh, Air Man stuff, right? right? Yeah. But then you get stuff like the quantum magic. We've <laughs> magically solved Ghost with mm-hmm. uh, Janet's quantum powers that she has and knows how to use because of reasons. Yep. And like, I can I can totally buy that Janet's been down there long enough. She knows what she can do. Sure, but it's still weird and comes out of left field. Yep, and it just sort of feels like it resolves the problem. Yep, yep. Just uh, let's just make her magic because she was in a place and uh, just magic. Mag- look, look, magic the heals everything. Aren't that high. We don't really have much of a story here. We can rely on convenience to wrap it up. I guess magic. Uh, yep. Um, my second stank 
is that it just doesn't look great. When there's no action and the, the camera's just, it's just kind of sitting there and it's a very plain and boring looking movie. There is just a lot of people in places, huh? Yeah. yeah. Which I guess all movies kind of boil down to that, but there's sure. usually some sort of stylistic flair. Yeah. Yep. This just... Yeah. I Like, that didn't hit me as hard as it did for you, but mm-hmm. I can totally agree. It is not a particularly visually spectacular movie. No, it's really not. So, and that's it. Yeah. That's our Starks and Stinks. Uh, yeah, it sure is. Now comes the part of the show where we have to rank this thing. And specifically the part of the show where Josh reads the list. Josh. <laughs> you like lists? Time to read the list. Alrighty. From number one, we have Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Number two, Thor Ragnarok. Number three, Iron Man 3. Then, Guardians of the Galaxy. Avengers Infinity War. Captain America Civil War. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. The Avengers. Black Panther. Captain America, the First Avenger at number 10. The First Ant-Man at number 11. Doctor Strange. Spider-Man Homecoming. Iron Man. Thor. Avengers Age of Ultron. The Incredible Hulk. Thor The Dark World. And Iron Man 2 rounding us out at number 19. All right. Where? Okay, do you, do you want me to go first on this? I'll... It's your turn to tell me where your initial ranking lies for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Does this go underneath Iron Man? It does for me. Yeah, okay. Because, like, <laughs> I, I think I enjoy Ant-Man and the Wasp more than I enjoy Iron Man watching it. In this, in this moment. <laughs> okay. But that could just be a... I've seen Iron Man so many times. Right. Uh, and, like, you know, it's dated a little bit. It's, right. It holds up fairly well, but it is older. It does. Right. Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know, it doesn't have a style to it, but it looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the action's fun. The comedy's fun. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm being as impartial as I can here... And mm-hmm. just looking at it based on what movies do good and what movies do badly. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp is not a super compelling story. It seems very mm-hmm. messy. Yes. A lot of its characters are just there doing things because they have to. They need not, to they need to just get we, in the we way. We need to do stuff. Uh, we we just need to make this movie last two hours. So um can you just stand in the way, just stop them from doing the one thing that they do in this movie? <laughs> Yeah, look, because otherwise we'd just be here for 30 minutes and we may as well have a TV show. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, a lot of this movie does feel like it would be a decent episode of TV. Yeah, But uh, we don't have an Ant-Man series. So here we are. Okay, so yeah, Iron Man, I think, is fundamentally a better film. Yes. Um, As much as I probably have more fun watching Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I'm happy to put it underneath Iron Man. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have any input at this stage? <laughs> is that is that you want to put it below Iron Man above Thor? My initial response is to put it at number 15 between Iron Man and Thor. Hmm. That's interesting. Said, I am I'm interested to see <laughs> if you have any thoughts on that. I feel I feel, this is like we're at therapy. I feel <laughs> like Ant-Man and the Wasp belongs under a Spider-Man Homecoming above Age of Ultron. 
Wait, what? <clears throat> Hang on, say that again. <clears throat> I think Ant-Man and the Wasp belongs at number... Uh, where are we? Because you said Homecoming and Age 16. of Ultron. And those, are a, those are a few apart. What? Spider-Man Homecoming. Am I looking at a 13. wrong list? Yes. Wait, where's? Hang on. Okay, hang on. Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm going to edit 13. this list now because apparently this list is wrong <laughs> this, that I'm looking at. This is why I read the list out at the start. <laughs> okay. Where? What is Spider-Man Homecoming between? Spider-Man Homecoming is between Doctor Strange and Iron Man. Okay. Well, that makes more sense then. <laughs> Because I, I was like, why is it? Because I was like, why is Spider-Man Homecoming so low? All right, fair enough. Yeah, for a movie with one of the best villains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that makes more sense. Yes, I think. So currently, I've got it's. I've got Ant-Man and the Wasp sitting between Iron Man and Thor, and number fifteen. I mean, that still doesn't change the ranking where I would put Ant-Man and the Wasp, where I think Ant-Man and the Wasp should be at number sixteen. So below Thor and above Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yes. There is a lot of Dutch angles in Thor. That is <laughs> a stylistic is. choice that I could <laughs> that point out and be like, choice. someone made a conscious decision to make it that way. Also, you know, the main character uh, does learn there things. A, oh, there's a character arc. There's a character arc. He And Loki is one of the more memorable Loki's villains. Loki's a very good villain. And there's uh, all that interfamilial drama. I yes, love it. Yes, you love that. And also, don't forget, uh, wait, is your birthright in this one, or is that the Dark World? Uh, I feel like birthright is Dark World, but this one had, you are a vain, cruel boy. <laughs> no, you're an old man and a fool! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, Thor gets to go above Ant-Man and the Wasp. What a movie. Uh <laughs> But also, Look, yeah, it's better than Age of Ultron, so... Yes, yes, Age of Ultron has too many problems for me to get into here. Mm. Um, some of them are the same problems, honestly. Yeah, I guess. Um, but, like, Thor, Thor's issues stem from it being a very early MCU film where mm-hmm. they're just trying to find their footing. Ant-Man right. and the Wasp does not have that excuse. We are no. 20 films in. Yes. It and should just, probably be better. It's just kind of a movie. Yeah, like all the all the bits, all the moments are fun. It's the mm. interconnected tissue that's not doing great, and Thor's got that down pretty solid. Yeah, Thor is a, is a good time. Yeah, and it's just got some weird like stylistic choices. Thor, Thor from beginning to end is a good time. Ant Man and the Wasp is full of good moments. Thor from beginning to end is a good time. You might get a crink in your neck because you're going to have to hold your head <laughs> right. at a certain angle. Just tilt your TV a little. You'll be right. <laughs> You'll enjoy seems, it a lot more. Seems like a lot of work. But yeah, Airmen and the Wasp. Just, yeah, more of it to be like, yeah, I'm really, uh, really hyped about what I just watched. Yeah. Like, I, I had a really good time watching it, but. Yeah, it's. Narratively, again, I'm like, eh. Like all of the action scenes are like super fun and like they're they're well made and they're really interesting and, and inventive things and then it just doesn't blend with everything else that happens yeah, in the movie. Everything else is rather mediocre. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. I'm settled with uh, sixteen. You happy with sixteen? I am happy with sixteen. Alrighty. So our top ten remain completely unchanged. Yep. Uh, and our new addition is. 
Airman and the Wasp at number 16. Would you like me to go down the entire list? No, it's all right. And uh, rounding off at number 20, Iron Man 2, the forever bottom. <laughs> the forever bottom Iron Man 2. Although, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we have fun here. We do. <laughs> Next week, we'll be talking about Captain Marvel. Everyone's favorite, I hear. Everyone's favorite MCU movie. Definitely heard nothing but good things on the Captain internet. Captain Marvel. No, in yeah, no. The internet <laughs> loves Captain Marvel. Espe- Brie Larson may be everyone's favorite actress. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's pretty great. She is. <laughs> and everyone agrees. Yep. No one has a problem with Brie Larson Mm-mm. or Captain Marvel. No one. Zero people. I'm really looking forward to a completely, like, an, a genuinely non-controversial episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, how long has it been since you've seen Captain Marvel? It's been a little while. I last watched it probably in the lead-up to Endgame. Yeah. I watched it a fair while ago. I've seen it a few times. I I remember enjoying it. Yeah, I, I remember really coming away from it being like, man, the 90s had great music. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it did. <sighs> so we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. And this podcast is now one hour and 45 minutes, meaning it is not the shortest podcast. Yeah, I told you we had stuff to talk about. There you go. Thank not you, everyone. Shortest, unlike uh, malfun- mal- malfunctioning Scott Lang. Right. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Stank, Stank, Stank. Genius billionaire playboy. You think? You think? I am I.